I want to take a quick moment and give a shout out to our sponsor, Elgato Gaming. If you're a seasoned content creator or interested in creating content, I highly recommend checking out all the Elgato products. One of the many industry-leading game capture devices that Elgato offers, and one I've personally used for the past couple years, is the Elgato HD60S. The HD60S is an external capture card that not only looks good, but provides stunning 1080p, 60fps, and is powered by the Elgato's superior low-latency technology that makes it easy to record, upload, and live stream professional content with ease. It also offers a 3.5 millimeter input for a microphone or an external audio source, whatever you'd like. It's plug and play taken to the next level, literally. So if you want to show off your skill on live streams or just record your gameplay for a highlight video, the Elgato HD60S is my number one recommendation. Pick one up today and support the podcast by going to deserto.com slash Elgato. That's D-E-X-E-R-T-O dot com slash E-L-G-A-T-O. And start creating your own content today. You're listening to the Fortnite Podcast with your host, Too Loud TX and Monster Defense. What up, what up, what up, and welcome to another episode of the Fortnite Podcast. I'm your host, Too Loud TX, and yes, we've been gone a little bit. Monster is not here with us if you're watching the video. We have some amazing other beautiful people here with us today. But uh, Monster is returning back from Korea, and I was in uh, uh, Las Vegas last week for the CWL, so we had a week off. This is the first time I think we've had a week off in 50-something episodes, so uh, hopefully you guys didn't miss us too much, but we are here, and we have a very special show with you guys today. Uh, and of course, before we jump into it, this show is brought to you by DeSerto.com and FortniteIntel.com, and are sponsored by Elgato, and you know, go capture that HD60S for Christmas if you guys are looking for a great gift. And make sure you follow us on Twitter at the Fortnite Podcast. With all that out of the way, I want to jump in to an awesome co-host I have with me here today. My boy, Fallout. What's going on, buddy? How are you doing? Too loud. How's it going, bud? Uh, huge honor to be here, man. I've been watching. I'm a big fan of the podcast for a long time, so it's an honor to be, uh, to be live and, and, and jumping on the mic with you. I'm doing well. Things are good. It's been a busy two weeks in Fortnite. There's a lot to talk about, and I'm excited. Oh, there's, there is a ton to talk about for sure. You know, th- earlier this year, I met you at PAX, got to see you there casting PAX a little bit. And then before we knew it, you were, you know, doing the summer skirmish. And then you also did the fall skirmish, got to, got to cast one of those weeks. Uh, and for everybody out there that doesn't know Fallout, go follow him over at Twitter, Fallout with two Ts. Uh, but he is also, the, I mean, you're staying busy, bro. Not only are you involved <laughs> in the, in the, in the, in the Fortnite community, but you are the global gaming and esports program lead at Microsoft which sounds like a crazy, really big title, you know? Uh, and so that, that must endure a lot for you as well. So, you know, yep. I, I can't imagine. Seven gaming and esports and, and Fortnite, And, uh, you know, you always stay busy, but you love the Fortnite community. I, I haven't felt the amount of passion and love I, I have for Fortnite and uh, for any game in a long time. So love the game, love the community, try and help out wherever I can. And, and luckily there's kind of a, a, uh, this merging of my, my full-time job and kind of my side passion, which is casting and being involved in the Fortnite community where I get to host Fortnite tournaments on a weekly basis at every Microsoft store. We hosted the North American championship program and, and I get to stay as involved as possible in Fortnite while also casting, uh, which is also something I love to do and keep it up and also competing on the, at the highest level as much as i can as much as i have time to do so well everybody of- out there that doesn't know uh you were also heavily involved in the professional scene for gears of war through 2006 2009 around that era i believe it was if i'm if i'm correct yeah and yep, that back, was back. uh you know i was around as well yeah I, you i remember you way more than you remember me from this scene but i played <laughs> with crashy and those guys on e2k Whoa. gaming so no yeah me crashy was- noisy we're all on e2k gaming back then <laughs> so with legends so well, i had a lot of fun and i knew you from there but when i saw you at pax literally at the front and bizzle you didn't get to see this but he's running around at the front of PAX, when you guys are in that room for the finals, screaming, let's go, who, Aiden, let's go, you know, the whole time. It was just, it was nuts, right? You gotta get the crowd hyped up, man. You know, the Fortnite crowd. <laughs> and and like that's it. when I was like, I gotta hang out with him more. I like this guy. <laughs> but for anybody out there that just caught that, yes, we have the third most winningful player. Like if that, is he, I don't know if you say winningful, winningest. Winning, winningest. Winningest player. Uh, of all time with over $402,000 in prize money, guys. And he, uh, second place, if you know him at summer skirmish at PAX that we were just talking about fourth place at the fall skirmish. These are just some of the, some of the big ones, right? Uh, and then first place at the Microsoft store, North American championship. And then we got what? $136,000 in prize money. This is a crazy statistic in the past 
Seven tournaments in the last 90 days, he's made over $136,000. Almost a million dollars for his org that he's part of. My friend, Mr. Ghost Bizzle. What is up, buddy? How are you doing? <laughs> Thank you for having me. Too loud. Fallout. Great to see you again. But uh, everything's going good. Yeah, My soul yeah, been been enjoying watching you rise up and get to where you are right now, man. Congratulations on a phenomenal 2018 for you and your family, uh, and all yeah. the sacrifice that you've made. But I want to I want to get started here. I want I want you to walk us through what your 2018 has looked like as you come in jumping into Fortnite. Uh, but where did where did this start for you? How did you get to be Ghost Bizzle and where you are today? Uh, so. Basically, getting into Fortnite, I was playing competitive Counter-Strike at the time and playing with my friends. It was still the same practice routine. It was get on, scrim, practice, throw smokes and everything for Counter-Strike. Right. And then it just got too boring for me. I got too repetitive and I needed a new game. So I started playing Fortnite. And when I started playing Fortnite more than I started playing Counter-Strike, my teammates were like, all right, you got to pick one or the other. And I just chose Fortnite. And from then... I got into game battles, which is what I used to play when I played Call of Duty. And then that got me into scrimming uh, eventually with like the best players in the game. And then just constantly doing that over months and months of practice, just I guess maybe the player I am. And you started with GBs, by the way, Fortnite game battles. I did. I didn't, I didn't know it wasn't it wasn't a big thing, but that's the only way I knew how to play competitive gaming. Because yeah, because yeah, I played Call of Duty. And I didn't know there were competitive discords. I didn't really know what Discord was at the time because I used TeamSpeak. Yeah. And then... That's crazy. Rip yeah, TeamSpeak. Found people. Rest in peace. <laughs> and you made that decision too at a time where for, the prize pool wasn't announced yet. The million dollars wasn't announced. Like, what, what was it that... Was it just the game? You just loved the game or you yeah, thought there was a future? Or? Yeah, I just fell in love with it. I just... I would get on the game and I'd want to play it all day. It's like, I didn't want to, I didn't have that with Counter-Strike anymore. And it's something I found that I knew with Fortnite. It's like, Ooh, I'm going to play this. I could sit down for 10 hours and not get mad. That's Just fun. enjoy myself. How I also it, heard you were a, a, a Minecraft YouTuber. Is that true? Rumor uh, has No. That, that's not true at all. I used to play Minecraft. Someone told me you were a Minecrafter. I mean, I, I mean, some validity to that. I played it in back <laughs> in the day. Yeah. But you had a, not you had a, a Minecraft YouTube YouTuber. channel. Is that true? No. You don't, have, sure you don't have a hidden right. channel away that you're just hiding, yeah, randomly like playing Minecraft for fun. I do not. <laughs> so, so what do you, what, how did it start out for you? Did you instantly jump on? You're like, hey man, I am really good at this game. Or you're like, man, this is a challenge for me because of the new aspects coming over from obviously Counter-Strike, lots of different, you know, play styles, changing a, a way different game from an arena shooter to a BR. Was it your first BR to overtake as well? Uh, no, I played H1Z1 and PUBG, obviously not competitive. I just played them for fun and I enjoyed them. But uh, when I first played Fortnite, it was my Counter-Strike friend who got me like on my team who got me into the game. He's like, yo, let's try this game while we're not practicing or anything. And I absolutely hated it the first time I played it. <laughs> I was like, this game is dumb. It's not PUBG. It's so many people. And then about a week later, I tried it again and I just had a complete different opinion on it. I just loved it and never stopped playing it. What about you, Fallout? Did you like it at first as well? Uh, dude, I, I was all in from the, the get-go. Like, third-person shooter. I mean, you, you talked about Gears, right? Third-person shooter made by Epic, so it's the same engine, right. yeah. same developers. Like, Pete, Pete Nub was the technical lead of the game. Pete Nub designed Gears of War 3, which is my favorite Gears back, back when I competed. So a lot of the same people behind it. Um, shotgun heavy early on. That's when Double Pump was, was a thing. And yeah. I was shotgun and Gears of War is a big thing. And then, and then the building mechanic, to me, was was really I, I, everyone talks about it but, but what i love so much about it was just the out, outplay ability like i could put time in and be better than the person i am up against especially early on like back then bizzle sure you remember it was like the wild wild west like no one was good yet yeah no one knew how to build and, and literally it just it was a, this one v, one killing. v ones won everything you just build a one like like a one by one and ever and you win everything it, people yeah. like what do they wait a second i don't know what to do yeah some people got confused about that. They didn't know yeah. what to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they just <laughs> told, totally threw them. I just want to point and shoot. Like, why can't you know? Yeah, crazy. Yeah. So, so you start, became a thing. And- you start competing and finding a love for the game. And how did what 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 happened from that point? You just reached out to Ghost and said, "Hey, I'm I'm playing professionally." I started getting jumping in the Discord. What was that process to go from? All right, I'm crossing over. I'm playing a new game now. I'm, I want to compete in this game, like joining game battles. And two, leading up to you joining Ghost. 
Well, that was a long run. Well, starting with game battles, probably did that for about a month with my friend Will, who I started out with. And we it was more of like a 2v2 kill format, you see, when it's like most eliminations wins like that. Right. That's what the game battles were. And then transitioning over to scrims. So back then, it was all squads. So to get in the squads scrim, you have to find a squad. So that was the hard part. Uh, I teamed up with spooky enzo and zamas off the start and that was our roster for about a month or two and then we dropped spooky for demo i think yeah and then, demo left, and then he came back yeah, <laughs> so the, yeah demo was working a nine to five at the time so he didn't have like the access to fortnite as he does now but then obviously some more roster changes and while we got signed to Ghost, it was me, Ghoul, Zamas, and it was me, Demo, Zamas, and Enzo. And then later we picked up Ghoul and Saf after we got Ghost. But and then obviously all the other players in Ghost that are in it now, right. just Robbie, our recruiter, doing a great job. But I think we have a little over fifteen players now. The army of Ghost Pro players, like. Like yeah. the, the, the elimination video in any game I cast is just spammed with ghost in front of any gamer tech. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's spe- especially in Fortnite, right? And I think uh, obviously you guys have some great teams in other games, but Fortnite has been the shining star for Ghost. Really, really, you guys have pushed it to the top of the line with people like you mm-hmm. and, and Aiden, you know, being able to to be probably the front runners there to really show some uh, some great skill. And Enzo sitting on the sidelines right now, but the dude <laughs> is a sick player. Uh, we've had him on the show before, but the dude is sick and, and amazing. Whenever you joined Ghost, for you, was that a, what, what was going on in your head? Was it like, hey, I'm, I'm making it, I'm, I'm getting there? When, what did your family have to say? Like, hey, I joined Ghost Game. We're like, oh, okay, cool. What are you going to do now? Like, what was the response like that? Uh, to start off, they were pretty skeptical about it. They just didn't really know what it was, like what everything was about. Like I was still working at the time at the golf course I work at. And uh, so like I was like, ooh, maybe I can, get, I can quit now. I can do this full time. But I still worked there part time when I first signed. And then like eventually down the road, I was like, I, or I can't do this anymore. I quit my golf and I made Fortnite my full time job. But it was really until Summer Skirmish came out when my parents realized like, Wow, you can make some serious money during on this game. <laughs> when, when you brought two hundred thousand dollars home, that'll change the perspective. <laughs> it was it was week three of summer skirmish when I got second with Hezzy. Oh yeah, like, that was the first the first tournament I ever played in. I got second, and they were like they were just so happy for me, and it was insane. Ever since then, I think week two we got second. I think week five I got second too. Yeah, yeah, and then week eight I got second again. Yeah, I mean, you had a killer summer skirmish leading up to the final, obviously. And, you know, which you brought home most of the money. And it was incredible. <laughs> I mean, what, what, what were your parents saying at this point when you're like, okay, I won thousands? They're like, did you really win thousands? And where's the money at? You know, like, how was that? What was that conversation like? <laughs> yeah, they were because they watched it. They knew everything about it. They tried to get into it. Like, they never really watched video games, but them seeing like the scoreboard and then seeing like me and my teammate and like, that's how much money you just won. They're like, <laughs> Oh my God, when are you getting this money? We had to start setting up plans for you how to save this money and not blow it all. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. I, it, it's so interesting to see what Fortnite's done from a cultural standpoint, right? Beyond just the game, but how like people like your parents and other people are starting to watch video games and like take them seriously from a pro standpoint because they hear what Fortnite is, which, People can definitely argue Fortnite's not the most competitive, right, in a certain way, uh, game <laughs> that other games are. Uh, and you've been around for a long time watching the esports scene grow. What a growth we've had in 2018. Yeah, oh, un- undoubtedly. Exactly what you mentioned. The thing about Fortnite is it, it's accessible. It's inclusive on so many layers. At the very casual, the mainstream layer, the fact that Drake can hop on and play Fortnite and and, and get a couple eliminations or, or even place 10th place, even if he gets a goose egg and still thinks like he accomplished something. And then he plays eighth and he thinks he's getting better, you know, um, makes it accessible, makes it fun. And then there's the next layer of, well, it's available on every platform. So anyone can play. If it's, you know, a 15 year old teenager, male or female they can download it on their iphone they can play it doesn't matter if they don't have a console they don't have a high power pc so anyone can play uh, and then uh so the gameplay 
the platform and really Epic's vision for the game. Um, cross-platform, you can play with whoever, whenever, wherever you want, on whatever device you want. Cross-platform, cross-progression. It, it's unprecedented in the esports and gaming industry. It's really re- uh, evolving and revolutionizing the gaming and esports industry in such a positive way. Yeah. Especially after the announcement they made this week of uh, they're going to now open up that technology to, to all partners to use free yeah that 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 is uh definitely something that we like to see you know when they can cross play and we get bizzle and aiden maybe playing together right i mean (laughs) is that gonna happen what i was wondering like what's that like you know there's a big ghost roster you guys all like a family or you say you are but you're not like you guys all get along do you guys share share secrets how does that work bizzle like we're obviously we have too many people to play with every day and like we don't get to play with each other all that often but when we're at tournaments together like we're always with each other same hotels eating at the same restaurants and we're always having a good time. Like, it's just a great experience overall, the whole ghost and all these friendships that we're having. So when you have Aiden uh, head downing you, which is the controller version of W King, um, mm-hmm. head, head, head downing, or holding his joystick forward on you, flying at you in a skirmish. And, he, and I saw him took out, like, he took out Snood. He took out a couple of you guys in the last one because he just pushes relentlessly. Is there a little bit of like, a little bit of like, come on, freaking Aiden, you know, a little bad blood there? Are you happy for him? How's that work? It's just, it's his play style, I guess. Yeah. I don't agree with it, but he. <laughs> you don't agree with it? No, I do not. Definitely don't. Is, is there some smack the talk dog. ever happening, like in y'all's private chats, when when these no, things no happen? Smack talk. No, I don't talk smack. Not the negative, it. like yeah. I may have said some stuff on stream, but I won't bring it up again. <laughs> <laughs> I won't watch your stream, dude. During skirmishes, I get pretty heated during stream. You and Poach are the two people I have up, just because it's comedy mixed I with love some it. high hopes. I love it. I love it. <laughs> there's got to be passion, right? I mean, and that's the thing. There's there's a lot of passion in this, and that I think that's what's exciting for me when I get to see all these players, like you, and and you know, especially because people are like, oh, Bizzle's so quiet, so nice, and then you know, we get to see that other side of you where you get a little. You 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 get competitive and you, and you mm-hmm. let it fly out and uh yeah. that that's always fun to see uh whenever whenever that happens for you what is the 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 biggest thing you take away from 2018 for bizzle and say man i really learned this i really was able to gather you know this part of myself throughout 2018 and i'm excited about you know continuing my journey in 2019 what what is it you take away from 2018 in your career in fortnite uh, the biggest thing I've probably taken away is probably content creating. Like people say like, Ooh, I don't want to stream. I don't want to content create, but you look at the liquid guys and how much success they've had over streaming and just YouTube videos and just setting themselves up for the long run outside of Fortnite, depending on how long that'll last. And that's something that I've been slacking on. I know I haven't been putting my full effort into and something I will definitely be doing in the future, setting stream schedules, YouTube videos, just constant uploads. Michael Leibizel, you are the example I use, like not in a negative way. I, you know, I have a lot of respect for you. I have a lot of love for you, but you're the example I use. Um, when I, when I, when I try and like, you know, I'm an old man, I used to compete and I used to make contests. I like to lecture every once in a while and step in my soapbox. But you're the example I use when I try and tell people about the importance of content creation. Like you have ghost bizzle, and not to boost your ego or make your head bigger than it already is, but best player in Fortnite, arguably top three player in the world. But your, your following is a, a tenth the size of some of the liquid guys, a hundredth the size of a ninja, you know, a fiftieth the size of a Nick Merckx. But you're so much better, than, you know. So I love the fact that you said that. And I love the fact that you're you're aware. It means you're self aware and understand where your your opportunities lie. I think 2019 is going to be a, a ridiculously good year for you. I, I'm I can't wait to help in any way I can. I can't wait to watch it happen, man. That's that's good to hear. What do you, what do you, Biz, what do you think has been your biggest pullback to you getting there? Is it just because you've been so busy with, you know, competing and focused on competing? Is it, uh, you know, has it been because, you know, you're just looking to figure out how you want to handle content creation? Um, you know, what, what's been your biggest, you think, obstacle so far? Probably just setting a schedule and just learning how to get used to it. Like when I, whenever I played video games in my past, I've never had like a schedule, like get on, Right. stream for a certain number of hours eat stream again or whatever it's always been like get on go on youtube relax for a little bit play your game for the whole day just having breaks throughout the whole day and just enjoying yourself for the whole day but with streaming i don't think you could do that i think it's a lot different it's something that i probably don't enjoy as much right now as other people i can understand but, that yeah I don't know. I want to get yep. more into it. Yep. Makes sense. I respect it at the same time. You're, you're a competitor, man. You're a competitor first, uh, an entertainer second. And I respect mm-hmm. the hell out of that. That's why you're so good. So, well, thank you. let's jump over to our last section, which is brought to you by Fortnite Intel. We're going to talk about some of the hot topics from this week. Here we go. 
All right, so big week. Lots of stuff going on. We had the, the Fortnite Winter Royale. Uh, and I don't know why they didn't just call it Winter Skirmish. It would have made so much more sense. Uh, you know, but we'll, we'll go. Winter Royale. Over 9.2 million players played in this thing to qualify, which is just crazy to get see it get down to the top 100 that we got this week. Um, and, you know, something new came into the game. We had, you know, we had the, the you know, Infinity Blade fiasco, per se, if you want to name it the fiasco that occurred. But before we jump into all the drama that's built around that, I want to get from your perspective as a pro player, how was this ev- event treated and compared to you know summer and fall skirmish how did you feel this event went besides take infinity blade out besides that part of it how did how did the event go being able to sit at home play you know the way you have and have a championship basically from people playing you know not on a land situation uh it was a good experience uh i'm not sure if i necessarily prefer it over how they've run the summer and fall skirmishes it's obvious i think it was definitely a less skill gap from the other skirmishes, obviously not as good players qualified. And there's not like an insane amount of pro players in it as usual, but that's obviously fine. I liked how the online qualifiers gave you multiple chances to qualify. So you had six heats uh, and you needed, I think 29 points to qualify. Some people 28 got in for NA. Uh, I, I didn't think you could qualify for both NA and EU. I don't think it should be like that. I think that was a thing they should fix. Although Sundown's opinion. references to like the, the, the British are taking over the American soil and all the, all those like <laughs> puns that he used were gold. So maybe for that reason alone, it should stay. No, I'm just kidding. Shout out to my man Sundown. Yeah, like you can qualify. Like I could have qualified for EU. I had 24 points with an hour left on EU, but I didn't. I didn't think you could qualify for both. I had all my ah. friends. You were just messing around. I had all my friends saying, "Oh, don't don't play on your main account on EU. You're gonna get banned." Uh, don't qualify for EU. You can't do it. Uh, but yeah, that wasn't the case. Uh, I didn't qualify for EU because I only played one of the heats and didn't try. Uh, <laughs> but I wish I did. But I think we should just keep them separate. Like their their own different play styles. Obviously, people talk about EU and NA how they're different, how they're similar. Yeah. Did you but, see the breakdown though of, of how many countries were represented in different regions? Did I did not. There's someone tweeted it. There's a breakdown. Um, I think that's why they do it. And I actually really like that. So not to play devil's advocate a little bit here, but in, in the EU skirmish, you had people from, from, from Asia, you had people from Africa qualify, you know, so if you keep it region locked, um, then, then you give other parts of the world, obviously, unless you want to do a EU, NA, Africa, South America, Asia right. qualifier, which is a lot to manage. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it was kind of cool that it opened up that diversity and kind of open borders type of scenario. And again, you're playing on, on such a high ping, you know, at the same yeah. time. So I think it's fair. I don't know. I play devil's advocate. But. No, uh, you can qual you can qualify with the hundred something ping, hundred twenty, hundred thirty ping. But when you get when you get in those when you qualify and you get put in a harder tournament and yeah. a harder play, like even better and better players, you're not going to be able to do the stuff that other players can, and you're not going to be able to get like an insane amount of points in a big tournament scenario. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah, and I gotta say, you know. Uh, I'm gonna continue playing devil's advocate because I'm actually say I, I disagree with you, man. Like, and again, different mentality. You're a competitor. You think in the lens of a pro player. I think in the lens more of as a, as a kind of marketer, as a con, as a caster, um, etc. But I, I loved the the open open qualifier structure. I loved the the format of, of Winter Royale compared to Fall and Summer Skirmish because I see where you're coming from entirely. But you know, really. Fall and summer skirmish were reserved for the upper echelon of elite in Fortnite, which is you, which I, I you, you earned it for sure. You didn't just walk into it, you earned it. And I respect that. But Winter Rail showed that there's so much talent, I mean, nuggets of gold out there in the Fortnite yeah. community, needles in a haystack, whatever you want to call it, that, that are out there that don't have the clout, don't have the opportunity, don't really have the platform to, to show that they can compete at that high of a level. And we saw in Winter Rail that they did. And you, you made a comment, I don't know if you, if you truly will stick by your guns with this. You, you said some of the best players in Qualify it wasn't really the best showing of top players. But I, I could argue otherwise. You know, I'm not sure. And I'd love to dig into the details because maybe it was the qualifying structure. Was it the point system? Like, what was it that makes you feel like some of the people that qualified didn't, didn't deserve to be there? And some of the pro players, Tifu, et cetera, that didn't qualify should have been there. What makes you, what makes you say that? 
Why didn't uh, they qualify? Like, you know, why didn't some of these people qualify? You saw, like, I think during Winter Real qualifiers was probably the, the like, the largest amount of hackers I've seen in Fortnite. Ah, okay. In that um, case, I take it back. Yeah, <laughs> I take everything I just said. No, back. absolutely. I've, hackers, I've yeah. seen a lot of that, I can't, that footage. Yeah. Yeah, I can't speak on that because I didn't run across anybody during the Winter Real qualifiers yeah. that hacked. But there were clips of Tifu getting shot through a cornfield, which is blew up and i just heard of so many cases where people just oh i got aimbotted i couldn't do anything you just oh that's unfortunate maybe you had like 26 points in your last game and you died of that it's yeah, just that's unfortunate totally it's like what can you do about that i, w- that's totally um, I would yeah. like to see a carryover like this is what i was thinking when you have these qualifiers and we're, we're having you know summer back to fall into winter right and we're they're doing them back to back i'm sure we're going to get an announcement here the next week or two what we're going to see in january right and uh, I, I would like to see them take so that you have these personalities, which have definitely grown. Like you said, Bizzle's there because he's made the name for himself. Uh, and a lot of these players have. They've been able to perform and have consistency, which is a weird topic to talk about when you talk about BRs in general with RNG and all that and being able to have consistency. I think it speaks beyond itself. But I, I would like to see them take maybe it's the top 50 players from the previous season and they automatically get seeded into the next season. Right. So that you have, you know, this 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 situation where you always have these pro players that are try there that everybody else is chasing, right? There's this mark, there's a pass for some of these players that put the time in and played, and maybe they got to that spot in summer skirmish. And so it gives them the pass in the winter skirmish. And then you take the next 50 and, and, and keep going. Some type of qualifier that way that worked so that you could have these people like Tifu not have to worry about and not that he's you know, he shouldn't he should get a pass because He's just Tifu, but he's already put in the work to get to that point. He, he won fall skirmish. Like he won the TwitchCon, the most competitive lobby we've ever seen. Yeah. You know, so agreed. But, so, yeah. you know, people like him should definitely get slotted. I know they've done invites. Like you said, Bizzle. Big Merck's another one. Yeah. Yeah. And they, and they invited you, Bizzle, out to at the, out the PAX, like you said, right? And they invited a couple mm-hmm. other people uh, that got a, they got a pass, though, at PAX, right? And they got to go ahead and like Myth and, and Tifu got to play in the qualifiers at night without having to go through the, the daily qualifiers that were there happening. Uh, yep. While we were at PAX. That was, uh, there was a little catch to it, though. We were only allowed to play that one, one night day. Was all three. Yeah. yeah. That's the only uh, catch. Yeah. People were vocal about that. Would you prefer to wait three days in a row at five in the morning, Bizzle? I don't know. No. <laughs> well, especially not how it turned out for you right I mean, and, yeah it, it was worth it for yeah, sure for and, you you're not complaining and, and, <laughs> and thank god for the crazy cube situation right that gave you that extra game so that you could secure that second place that was oh yeah that gravity field that game seven that's that saved it that saved it well um you know we moved on and like i said we had the infinity blade fiasco happening as well in the winter royale and mm-hmm. my, my, you know, there's tons of, of opinions, tons of drama going on about this that we can bring up. You tweeted out about your sister won her first ever game. You know, Aiden's dad. With, with the blade. Oh, Aiden's dad won as well. <laughs> yeah. From, and I, I, I think I sent you a text or uh, I, I replied to your, to your message when you did it because I was like, the true question is, did she have fun? Right. Because for me, there's two sides of Fortnite. I think we all can agree. There's the fun, you know, pub, whatever you want to call it, laid back mode that kids like to play, people like to play, and then just enjoy as a game, as a gamer. And then there's the competitive mm-hmm. scene and the competitive side of it. And this is the hard balance I think Epic continually has is they don't want to separate their communities too much to have just competitive versus just pubs, right? And and and, and that argument can be said amongst multiple games. I mean, Call of Duty changed from 5v5 this year across the board for that particular reason they think player engagement's better when it's the same so eliminating items from pro so you have this item it comes out and your sister gets to play did she enjoy herself did she have fun playing yeah she had fun using it for sure right and and for you to see her have that game i mean i was laughing i was laughing the whole time i was watching her i was just watching it too there you go yeah Right, I think one it's answer, one answer to that though, and like it's the same answer you see at a top comment in every Reddit thread and every Twitter post. LTM, yeah, for yeah. sure. Limited time, mode. yeah, limited time well, mode. Make it, make it a limited time mode. You know, it, it, this whole topic is interesting, uh, too loud. And that started to cut you. I'm not sure if you had any other, any other point you wanted to make there. No, I'm good. Go, go ahead. Okay, this whole topic is really interesting because, like, I have a very strong opinion on this topic based on history in the industry and with Epic that people don't realize exists. Like you brought up Call of Duty. It's a great example. Halo has gone through it. Halo had MLG settings back in the day versus the casual settings. Yeah. You had bubble shields and all. Busily play Halo 3. 
I did not. That's tragic. That's actually tragic. But regardless, you know, not to bring other games into it, but there's there's history we could learn from. You'd be ignorant to ignore that history, right? Like it's always been this like peaks and values, uh, valleys, like swinging to the pendulum. Do we make a game, one game that everyone can play and enjoy, like League of Legends, or do we have two different modes that uh, vary in, in, in casual and competitive structure because the games are different and you want to balance right. them differently? Et cetera. There's, it goes back and forth in different industries. The, the best example of this that's entirely relatable is Epic. Like. Epic, Epic's very own Gears of War. And it's really interesting because the, the, the two or three people that were very, very adamant that we play the same game that the casual players played were Arctic and Skyless, who both now work for Epic. And I'm not saying, I'm not throwing, I don't want to throw names in there. I, I respected this. They, they basically led a movement in Gears of War 3 that ended up winning. Like, was, that's, how, that's the route we all decided as like a pro player community to go that, that had us play the stock default version of Gears of War when a lot of the pros thought, this is not competitive, right? So similar scenario. We were playing with mortars on the map. We were playing with all uh, tur- like b- giant turrets and all, whatever, mulchers, all sorts yep. of weapons that were not competitive at all. Um, for anyone that knows Gears of War. And Arctic and Skylos were the ones that were leading that, rightfully so, as community leaders. They were tremendous community leaders. And I, I actually leaned with them. I was on their side after kind of talking to them um, to play the same exact version of the game. So there's a ton of value in that. Like there's a ton of value in, wait, why does that guy have 50 more shield? Wait, why does that guy all of a sudden have you know more 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 mats? Yeah, from a viewing standpoint, for sure. Yeah, from a viewing standpoint, there's a ton of value and 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 also the the aspirational story of amateur to pro. Like as an amateur, when you're just starting, you're playing the same exact game, and you can kind of work your way up and eventually get to that point. Versus having to kind of go through this learning curve of learning the new version of the game. So it's an argument that you could you could argue and debate back and forth over and over again. But at the end of the day, Epic's made it clear. Um, Bizzle, I don't know if you could speak to this, but I heard some some of an epic situation, no pun intended, where Arctic came into the room after that incident at PAX West and people were flying up into the air and was like, this is how it's going to be. Like, deal with it. Like, the game is going to adapt. I'm not sure if you can speak to that that exact moment when Arctic came in and, and spoke to that that uh, that scenario. But Epic's made it clear that the game's going to adapt. It's going to evolve. Do I think the yeah. Infinity Blade was way too far? And am I pro Infinity Blade? Definitely not. The day of the tournament? Definitely not. Like, I'm a former pro player. I'm a competitor. Like, that is not fair. You can't play and practice on a game and have an entirely different game a day later. Same with redeployable gliders at TwitchCon. Um, so no, definitely not taking their, taking one side by any means, but I entirely see where Epic's coming from. I entirely see why it's a, it's an important discussion to have. How do you... Yeah, like the, other, the other argument to what you said, Fallout, is if you played Call of Duty Black Ops 2, they have the ranked mode, the competitive mode, and they obviously had items that you couldn't use. I think from what I've heard, all my friends, they think that is the best Call of Duty they ever played. Right. Um, like the best competitive Call of Duty. That's yeah. when I think competitive Call of Duty broke out, if I had to say. Maybe Black that. Black Ops 2, yeah. Black Ops, it was just insane. Yep. And then, I th- my opinion, I think it'd be good to have two separate modes. Like Fortnite obviously has like solos, duos, squads, and like their LTMs, their playgrounds. Like one more mode, could it hurt that much? Like obviously people like every single game mode. You see people playing solos, duos. Yeah. It's like, a ranked competitive uh, mode with different settings? Is that what you're advocating? Yeah, of course. I think everyone would love that. And if you don't like it, go play solo duo squads. Go play with your friends. Go yeah. play the actual, the regular game. Well, when you have 8.8 million concurrent players, you can do that, right? And <laughs> I think I think before the whole, and, and across multiple other games has been, oh, we don't want to divvy up our community, right? Now, Rainbow Six was really big about this early on. They said, we're going to give out free DLC because we don't want to break up our community and have a playlist that includes new maps and playlists that don't include new maps. Right. It's the same similar thing at the same time. Look, LTMs are so popular in Fortnite and you rotate them so much that there's no question in my mind. Infinity blade should have been a mode. It's reality, right? Like, yeah, Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, that's what it should have done where it really, it really got me here is I will say this from a viewing standpoint, watching those games, was way more entertaining than a hill off, right? And I know we've really. I I, I think and you even said this, Biz, uh, Biz, you wanted heel offs back, right? Like that was more entertaining. From a from a strategy standpoint, absolutely, for absolutely, right? Like, okay, I got to drop this gun because I'm going to pick up more hills. Whatever the case is, right? I think from a strategy standpoint and from true competitiveness, sure, hill offs are probably a better solution. But from a viewer standpoint and excitement to like casters going crazy and and like just things they can't even keep up with. Golden Boy couldn't even keep up with what was happening. He even said it like it's so much going on. I don't even know what to say. And, and it, but it was fun. Right. And, and not that I want to see that all the time, but I will say in that instance, it was fun to watch. That's the only argument I can say to it. I just don't like 
uh, and I think you all said this, I don't like that it happened the day that all of a sudden NA is going to play their winter finals. Like that just, that is yeah. the main part that shouldn't occurred. Now, if we had it, like we had TwitchCon where we walked in TwitchCon and we knew redeploy was already a thing and it was going to be a thing for that whole tournament. That was one thing, right? It was like, okay, we know it's here. We're going to have to adapt to it. By the end of the tournament, everybody's like, I love it. I absolutely love redeploy. Every, at first, everybody's like, this is the stupidest thing. Then everybody loved it. I don't think the Infinity Blade's going to get there. Everybody's going to go, oh, you know what? We really loved it. No, that's obviously not going to happen. And now that it's gone. Uh, but for me, it's, it's the response that the, that the pro community gave. That was just like, for me, I, you have a lot of people that are playing this game. And the pro scene's very vocal. And it's a very big part of, of Fortnite. But the 8.8 .8 million people that are playing, say even there's even, you know, what, 9.2 million players that, that gave into, you know, trying to play the qualifier for Winter Royale. There's still, mm -hmm. what, 200 or 20 million players, what it is, worldwide, 200 million players worldwide that have played this game. Those other, that other 90% of the platform wants to see things like this happen. And they mm -hmm. hear what the pro community says all the time. And I think the reaction the pro community gave to this is what was most discerning to me because it's like... I don't agree with that, though. Like... I don't think the, the, the majority of players want to see that stuff happen because at the end of the day, the Fortnite community has proven this in entirety as the concept of groupthink. Like the Fortnite community suffers from groupthink more than anything I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, <laughs> influencers complain, influencers being pro players, entertainers, streamers, right. YouTube, YouTubers, you name it, complaining about something. And next thing you know, you got a, a pitchfork mob mentality of the entire Fortnite exactly, community. Exactly, yeah. That's what the Reddit is. Yeah. It's a, a Reddit is. That's what Twitter is. That's what Twitch is. So at the end of the day, I don't think that's what the, the, the general consumers want to see. I think the general consumers want what the pros want, or, or not just the pros, but the influencers. At the end of the day, usually the influencers are also, like the entertainers are also kind of pros. That's what, what that's the most remarkable thing of Fortnite, in my opinion. Back in the day, you had, to, you had to quit competing, like Shroud, for example. You had to quit competing to stream. Now you right. can stream and, and, and compete. It's a different topic. But at the end of the day, I think, I think the general mass audience watches and, and, and engages and, and leans towards the groupthink mob mentality that the, that the influencers will, will ultimately lay down. So, yeah. I don't know. From my point of view, watching... I didn't watch the whole tournament. I watched the, like, the last half yeah. of the last game. I, just, I didn't want to bother watching it. But yeah. when you're seeing the sword get used every game and <laughs> every end game, the guy with the sword is ruining up to... He's probably yeah. ruining ten players' games. Yeah. Even if he gets maybe five, six eliminations, yeah. he's ruining a lot of games, like getting yeah. third partied, just breaking into turtles that would yep. never happen. If that it's it's basically the Thanos globe. It's the same exact thing. It's yep. Thanos, but you can move faster and but to Troy's point though, Bizzle, to Troy's point, like that is horrible from a competitive standpoint. Like you as the, one of the last 10 players in that game, but the average viewer doesn't know that. Like the average viewer is yeah, not exactly. The average viewer is like, oh my gosh, this is, you know, hacking and slashing This dude is away. killing everybody. He's yeah. killing everybody. You know, it's yeah. wild. You know, it's, um, and again, I, I agree. I watched every single game. I casted three days before. I casted the UMG, the Lenovo Legion Sunday Showdown and had saw Warplanes. And it was like hard. It was like weird to cast and weird to watch for me. But me and you, Bizzle and Troy and a lot of these other people, we're the, we're the 0.01%. You know? So it's really hard to separate yourself from that and, and thinking that from Epic's point of view. One thing I will say um, is, is hat off to Epic for, what, four days? And again, it's unfortunate how it all went down. But hats off to Epic again you know, for you know, trying to fix it, realizing, okay, this wasn't a fix by nerfing it. We got to get rid of it and immediately adapting and, and listening again. Um, and as a community, Fortnite community, if you're listening, pro players, Focus on being constructive. Like it breaks my heart to refresh my timeline and just see the most ridiculous <laughs> of roastings happening and, and the least productive. And, and I guess position. that's what I'm getting to, right? Like I'm all for the pro players and the pro scene saying, constructive. saying, "Hey, this this blade is stupid. Look what it's doing. Here's the reasons why." Like Bizzle said, this is running other players' games. These are killing one by ones that would have never been, you know, fantastic logic. Bizzle, up your before. tweets, I think, were example. Your, your tweets, I think, were a strong example of that of being constructive. Yeah, you know, and, you know when they come out and and for everybody that hasn't read this, here's the opening statement: it says, "Hey, f hey, uh, folks," uh, and this comes from Mooney, one of the, the uh, community managers. Says, "We released a Mythic Infinity Blade with uh, version 7.01 update, and and have since." seen a healthy amount of discussion and feedback around it in response to that what we've seen we're looking forward to providing more context of philosophy and upcoming changes to the blade and they go on to basically say look we released this and we made a mistake right we shouldn't have released it the way we did i mean even even what you said thanos was an ltm 
Thanos it was wasn't really fun. In, it wasn't in the it game. Was fun. It was a fun old champion. I really enjoyed Thanos. I would I probably would have enjoyed the I probably would have enjoyed the Infinity Blade if it wasn't LTM. Yeah. Yep. It was just a certain time to add 100%. new items to a game. And, and I think I think honestly, and I, I don't want to call Epic out by any means, but I, I I sense again knowing how kind of organizations work, and I worked at a studio, you know, I, when I helped make make the new Gears games. Like, I have a feeling that the competitive gaming organization and team at Epic, Arctic Sundown, those folks are are uh, maybe there's like a miscommunication, like are not necessarily speaking with the general design team that are designing the philosophy of the game. Because again, for them to, to drop that the day of, I don't think was, of course, is not on the Epic competitive team by any means. It, it may be just a miscommunication. Like, I think they're on different schedules, basically. Like, it's not their fault. Like, mm-hmm. you, have to, you have a business to run, right? You know, they're all focusing on their line of business. Right. Line of business for the, the competitive team and, and Arctic and the esports team is to is Winter Royale and to, to run these events and they're on a timeline before World Cup comes next year. But the design, the schedule for the design team is an entirely different schedule that they're on, right? So there, I think there's, there could be some communication there and some, you know, the, the glider redeploy is a great example of that. Like, why make that big of a change a couple of days before TwitchCon? I don't think it's, it's not intentional. I mean, I, I might be wrong. I, I hope I'm. I hope someone can come and offer a clarifying statement. Um, but it just feels like you know, it, it's just things happen in organizations. Organizational hierarchy and communication patterns are are real. I, 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 I feel like you know. I was just going to say. I think if you have a million dollars on the line, though, somewhere your scheduling, someone should talk. Your scheduling should be set. Let's have a meeting. Yeah. You know, a weekly yeah. recurring meeting with the design <laughs> team to make sure that we're talking through. Yeah. 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 Are you gonna say Bizzle? I think you're right. obviously. I think every tournament they've had, they've been showcasing the new items they have in the game. Summer skirmish packs. They had the gravity fields, yep. which bugged out during games five or six. Uh, fall skirmish redeploy, showcasing their new redeploy, and then winter royale showcasing their <laughs> infinity blade. It's true, um, but keeps happening. You're saying, yeah, like they're following a pattern that I think a lot of people are, for the main part, against. Like I'm sure. You think it's intentional? Like, are you going to say? I think it's intentional. I think it's unintentional. You think it's intentional? If I had to guess, like during those tournaments, they're reaching their peak viewerships. Marketing. They're reaching 100K average viewers. Like, that's where they want to get people watching the game. Like, people want to see that and be like, ooh, I want to play the game. That's what they're going for, in my opinion. I think they're intentionally doing this. So, let's say that that is an intentional thing that they are using as a marketing ploy, which, I mean, from a business side, is probably a great idea. Right. I mean, from from a business standpoint, but from a player standpoint, it's not fun. I mean, I, I would even say down to, you know, if someone's listening from Epic, like if you want to if you want to show this off, you want to show a new a new item like Infinity Blade off, have the pros play like a fun round for ten thousand dollars. Whoever wins this LTM and show it off that way. And then, you know, yeah, that's a yeah. break in between the, the, the three main games, whatever it is. Yeah. Figure out another way to show it off. We talked about that in the pregame for, before we kind of went live and hit, hit, the, hit the start button. We were, you know, hire 15 streamers, the top 15 streamers, put $100,000 behind it and have them play in a fun, you know, party up. Kind yeah. of like, what, what was it in, uh, during fall skirmish? Because we had the challenges. What were the challenges called? I'm blanking here. In between the weeks before, between the... Oh, um, yeah. the, the team. Racing, it was the you know? team. It was the team. You know, organ- uh, what was that? That was... The club, the, the clubs within they had club challenges. The club challenges, I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Whatever it was called, like do something, something along those lines. It's a little more fun, lighthearted. You'll still get the viewership. I feel, I feel like you know, there's other ways to do it than and, and to Bizzle's tweet, which I Bizzle that that tweet was like as heartfelt and real as it gets, and I I, I felt for you in, in saying that. There's people that put their livelihood on competing as professional players. Yeah. Um, there's people that put their livelihood on entertaining as entertainers. Let the entertainers be the ones that kind of lead the way and that's in that with less at stake don't don't necessarily put the the competitors who put their lives in this thing in a, in, a, in a situation where they have to play in a completely different game and have you know a completely different meta and not be able to practice not be able to, to be professionals in every sense of the word yeah mm-hmm. yeah i i definitely agree i mean the, you know we still have people saying things too right the other thing everybody wants fixed right now is the planes right take take yeah. the planes out everybody wants the planes out you know I, I say it one step at a time. They've noticed they made one mistake. Maybe they'll come and nerf it. Maybe they'll come and you know, adjust how the planes work. Um, you know, I, I, at the end of the day, for me, it's a. I think Epic has also continued to learn. Let's not forget, as big as this esports scene is for Fortnite, we've only been in it for six months. Six months. Mm-hmm. We haven't even had a year yet. I mean. And on that track record, by the way, Bizzle, that means you'll make almost a million dollars by the time we get to the year mark if you, if you keep up this pace. So congrats <laughs> on that. But for real, like, I, I just want to see more constructive criticism and less what I would call complaining. And, that, and, that, and that's how I want to sum it. Like, 
for me, at the end of the day, as a viewer, as a fan, uh, somebody that interacts a lot in this community, it's just really, it's, it, it gets to one point where you sign on Twitter and you're like, hey, what's going on? Oh, well, 10 more complaints about the sword. I think they got it. Like, I think they understand at this point. I mean, for you, Bizzle, how does it feel? Like, do you, because you're very, you, you do have some wisdom whenever it comes to put out tweets. You don't just tweet everything all the time. How? No, I'm not. Pretty, I'm not very active on Twitter, but uh, <laughs> when I feel like very strongly about something, I'll tweet about it. Like I tried to help. I tried to hold back as much as I could. Yeah. But I had to let out a little anger because I was pretty frustrated. Yeah. And at uh, the same time, like who knows, Troy? Like it's, it's hard to say. It's easy for us to say as, as, as kind of casters and community members and whatever in the in the scene. But who knows if, if we didn't have that angry outrage and outcry? Yeah. It, you know, it took epic a while it's to kind of maybe, maybe it would take more days. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. You know, it's it is hard to say. We if we could only get in this in in the mind of Epic, right? We could only figure that out. <laughs> if only. Well, we, <laughs> if only Bizzle. <laughs> well, Bizzle. The last thing I want to ask you about: we had the Korean Open this past week, and we were talking mm-hmm. about a little bit about this before the show. I really liked how like they had everybody in front of the audience, like all the players were right there, so they you know the audience was watching them. But you said to me, "No, I don't want that because how distracting he is." Why don't you tell everybody? What what you meant by that? Uh, I, from my experience, like the only time we had to listen to a crowd was fall skirmish at TwitchCon, and obviously, the crowd reacts to certain people more than others. Uh, Nick and Aiden, Nick and Aiden especially, you hear them going off and tilted, and every couple seconds when they're eliminating players, the crowd is screaming. Like it's, I guess it could be an advantage if you know they're around you. If the crowd's getting loud, you could hear it, but also like. We have Astros, so not like the best sound canceling headphones, um, but it could be distracting. Obviously, they had like the the kill bonus in TwitchCon two after like the most amount of kills from this time to this time. It was like a three minute segment. Like there's a big horn that went off in the background. Like there's definitely better ways they can do that. I guess like the Korean Open was a charity event, so being in front of all the viewers is a really cool experience. I'm sure that's definitely the best way. Right, but from a competitive standpoint like you see counter-strike they're in soundproof like boxes with their teams call of duties call of duties in the open like every game has its own different way of taking it but i guess i could be down for whatever but it's whatever so did, did the crowd get you going when you hear that like you told me well, not me actually no. one time you, you <laughs> used it to your advantage to get out of a situation well yeah because nick and we were me and demo were sitting on a hill and nick and aiden it was nick and aiden the game where they killed Satan Morgasi. That when they build fought, before Nick and Aiden got there, they rifted on that hill, and that's where me and Demo were. And we hear the crowd screaming. They're trying to get down into our turtle. They're trying to W key us, and we launch pad away. We just did not want to deal with that. We just ran away from them, and then we just watched this huge build fight go up. And then we see Aiden, Nick, Aiden <laughs> knock uh, Saint in midair, and the crowd screams. And we were just so happy we didn't have to do that. Was, <laughs> I didn't know you were in that fight. I, I, I yeah. remember that fight. I didn't know you guys, you guys were in that fight to start. That's yeah, like, they didn't show us because they were watching other people, but it was good timing for us. That's we nuts. That's nuts. Well, what about for you, Fala? I mean, do you like when crowds are in front of people? Or you've seen the, you've seen the setups that we've had at these events, uh, you know, for the, for the summer and fall skirmish. Summer skirmish mm-hmm. in a completely different building. No way they're ever hearing us. Uh, but yep. from a viewer's standpoint, I, you know, I just want to see like Bizzle win, right? And all of a sudden stand up and be like, ah, and then the whole crowd just, ah, Get the crowd right? up. Get him, yeah. Aiden does a great job of that, dude. Anytime the camera's on Aiden, he knows. Yeah, he looks yeah. at the camera and he's like, I can't hear you. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, exactly. All sorts of madness. Um, so I, I definitely, you know, it's, it's, I'm, it's, I'm in a weird spot because like I said, I used to compete and play. Um, as a, as a pro. So I, I'm all about competitive legitimacy and everything I do as a caster and as a, as a whatever, whatever I do. Um, but you know, now casting, I, I think I would lean more towards the TwitchCon scenario where, where the players are right behind the stage. They can hear the crowd. They can feed off their action. I'm a firm believer that this, this is sports and entertainment at the end of the day. Like esports is, is sports and entertainment. Right. You don't see a football game being played with a crowd in a, in a different city um, being streamed. And that, you know, that's it. There's so much, uh, it's science. It's it's literally proven science that you you will perform better if you are being cheered for. Like if you have that energy behind you, you will perform better. Some people crumble under it. Some people perform better under. It. Like that separates a pro and, and maybe someone who's an amateur who's getting that experience. Right. That's part of the game. That's part of the entertainment factor. And I definitely think that should be embraced in a game like Fortnite. My dream scenario is like take the United Center. 
take like Barclays, take Madison Square Garden, right? And that's your hometown, Bizzle. I'm sure you'd be happy with that. Oh, yeah. Uh, and put 100 players in the in center, the center do of an arena oh, yeah. with a crowd all around them with a light shining above their head. When they die or get eliminated, the light goes off. Oh, yeah. That player gets up, has to walk off the stage. You oh, know, like, that's like that show, like 100. Do you remember that show 100, like the game show? Yeah, and they would turn yeah. the lights off on the people as they, oh, that'd be yeah, awesome. Xbox. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. That'd be that'd be sick. Oh, so put them in a soundproof. Put them in a soundproof booth. Yeah, they could be in a fishbowl. You know, I don't care. They'll see the crowd freaking out. They'll hear maybe some background noise, whatever. Like, you know, I agree about competitive legitimacy. Like, not in at the risk of competitive legitimacy. Like, that has to be number one. Right. Um. But number two, right behind that, hundred percent, there should be a crowd. Well, yeah, we'll see what happens. We got a like I said, only six months in. We're going to have an awesome World 2019. Cup. It's going to be great. World Cup's going to be everything. Well, as we, as we get out of here, I want to get a quick tip and trick from the man himself, Bizzle. You ask, do we have tips? Of course. And do we have tricks? Oh, yes, we do. So listen up. So, Bizzle, tell us real quick for somebody out there that's trying to make their game better, trying to get better every day. What's a good counterplay? Uh, say, say you're getting shot or say you're build, in a build battle. What is a good move for a counterplay for either one of those scenarios? Uh. My tip for like a counterplay is probably you don't people have it in their head like you need high ground in order to shoot at somebody else you're fighting. That's obviously not the scenario. You can be a low ground warrior and it's a skill that most people do not have in this game. Liquid. <laughs> um yeah. You see like you see people like builds for height and they won't even bother to take a gun out. They'll just have their map out the whole time, try to get do whatever they can to get above that guy. But most people like if you learn how to low ground peak it's probably the most effective tool you can ever have in this game obviously it comes into great effect with scrims when you have maybe two people on your top left people on your top right and you just they don't they can't see you but you're looking at them because you know where everybody is having that ability to track people while you're on low ground is probably the most effective that's strategy that's a great tip, tip. no that's a good tip that's definitely something that i can work on myself because yeah always trying to get that high ground you think that's always the best mm-hmm. thing but sometimes it's not well awesome always have, make sure you have a roof on your head but always be thir- using your third person yep. to look up yeah there you go guys right here bizzle dropping all the tips and tricks for you on the fortnite podcast well guys as always thank you so much for listening we hope you guys enjoy the show shoot us a review on itunes leave us some comments on podbean tell us what you like what you dislike about the show over at fortnitepodcast.gmail.com and hey fallout tell everybody where they can find you throughout the week man i appreciate that man yeah it's a fallout with two t's pretty much everywhere uh on twitter on twitch and kind of on youtube uh follow with two t's I'm, I'm most active on twitter i'd say and Bizzle, so why don't you let everybody know where they can find you throughout the week? Uh, throughout the week, you can find me mainly on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash Bizzle, or uh, Twitter, ghost underscore Bizzle. Be dr- on the battle bus. Yeah, on the battle on the bus. Battle bus. Yeah. Dropping. Be dropping, that, be dropping that grind, you know? Everybody go encourage Bizzle how much you love it so he can kick off his 2019, you know, with all that content he's getting ready for. And <laughs> and also, also you can follow us on Twitter at the Fortnite Podcast. Myself, Too Loud TX, and number two L O U D T X. Fallout F A L L O U T T, and Bizzle at Ghost underscore Bizzle. Go check it all out. And until next time, guys, dance out those kills and boast in those victory royales. production presented by deserto.com and sponsored by elgato gaming the background music for the elgato ad is brought to you by kevin mcloyd the song is called rainbows and you can visit it at incomputech.com